Hey, you're listening to the Death Scography Podcast. I'm Jeff. And I'm Jeremy. I forgot the joke that I was going to do. I was going to do a thing where I said a different name, but then I fucking forgot. So (laughs) episode 45, what do you want? (laughs) Oh, fuck. I was telling someone that we were on episode 45 today and uh, they were like, holy shit, you've been going for almost a year. And I was like, yeah. Mm hmm. Because we did like two episodes a week that first month because we had nothing else to do. Yeah. But like, so our our one year anniversary isn't going to be 52 episodes. No. It's going to be like some weird whatever. Yeah. Uh, when did we start? We started in it's like Ma- April, March April? or April? March or April. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. I have to so go back it's coming up very soon. Maybe we'll do some sort of like one year thing. Damn, I bet on those early episodes we're all like, yeah, in a couple months when this COVID thing's over. <laughs> yeah. Go back and listen. Yeah. What a weird time capsule sort of mm-hmm. thing. Anyways, hey. Hey, guys. <laughs> if you haven't if you haven't listened before or if you have, whatever. Fuck it. I'm saying it. Uh, this podcast is chronologically working our way through the Death Wish Inc. discography. In every episode, we have an in-depth conversation about a particular record. This week, we're talking about the second Embrace Today LP out on Death Wish. Uh, we were talking about We Are the Enemy. Um, their first LP, I don't know what episode that was. Look <laughs> it up really quick. I'm sorry. While he what? does, while he does that, I'm gonna hit you guys with uh, some names I was thinking of while I was looking at this. Embrace War for today. Yeah, Embrace War, Embrace War, the band. Oh, okay. Embrace it, it, War. It, it, it took me a for today. Embrace today for today. Brace War. Three way yeah, split. Fuck them. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Three way split. Embrace war for today. Uh, embrace embrace to, today. Embrace today. That would definitely, yeah, that would happen. I, I could definitely see for today and embrace today putting a split out together. Perhaps, perhaps. I mean, maybe not now. For for today, not a thing after all that shit that went down. I don't know what happened. Oh, the vocalist or someone came out like it was and with some extremely homophobic extremely homophobic stuff and uh he was like denounced by the rest of the band and some shit like that like some wow some crazy yeah some crazy because they were always preachy oh yeah you know but like it was like way hard so is that uh, why is that why marshall from save yourself podcast is always like for today yeah he's always like fuck for today because of that guy okay that is why i didn't know you didn't know that no i don't know i don't follow that band yeah, um, oh, I mean, it was just like a fucking huge deal. Anyways, we talked about this band Embrace Today. Yeah, not for today. Not for today. We have not, we're not going to talk about for, them. For today is not for today. No, it's not for today. We're going to Embrace Today and talk about Embrace Today. Uh, <laughs> we talked about them on episode 24. If you want to go back and listen uh, to our coverage of, of their, their record, record soldiers. soldiers. Not the band Soldiers. Nope. Record Soldiers. Um, so yeah, like we, we covered a little bit of the history of the band in that episode, but I, um, I was able to get in touch with the band between then and now. So I have a little bit more, a little bit, a little, a little bit of spicy. Yeah. I think we talked, I think we talked about that too, because like, um, didn't, didn't they like respond like after? Yeah. They like, they were like, yeah, we could get you the stuff. And I'm like, oh, we've already done the episode. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Uh, which I mean, it's still nice. They they and I hit them up again, and they were like, "Yeah, here's here's here you go." Um, but so if you want to hear, you know, more of our take of the history, go back and listen to that. And here's the actual like 
I guess their take. I don't know. Anyways, um, if you want the e e unauthorized, yeah, biography, listen to the last one. Yeah, this one's the uh, you know, it's the <laughs> True TV <laughs> authorized. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that even means. Anyways, uh, I I was able to talk. Like I said, I was able to talk to their vote uh to their guitarist Scott Peacock. Scott. Yeah, Scott. He he ended up hitting me back. Um. He said that the band technically started in 1998, uh, which I think we did say last time, but they started as a goofball youth crew band. Nice. Not at all what they sound Interesting. like on this record or that last record at all. No. <laughs> um, and he said, but they didn't take it really seriously until about 2000. Um, and he said, at the time, I, Scott Wilde, who played bass, and Steve Peacock, who did vocals, I, I think no relation. they might be... Br- I, they might be brothers. He doesn't say. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fucking wild? Maybe, maybe they're like brothers scorned. Ooh. Me and that bastard Chris <laughs> Chris Peacock. Steve, you're so close. Steve Peacock. It also it also it's Steve and Scott, so it's very like close. S- Randall Peacock. <laughs> Randall Peacock. Uh, but he said, at the time, I, Scott Wilde, and Steve Peacock had played in a band with Bob Mahoney and Brandon I, McGuire. I gotta stop you again. You keep saying what? that name, and it sounds like Scott Weiland, which is the dude, <laughs> the guy from Stone Temple Pilots. No. Well, all right, fuck it. it- <laughs> and Velvet Revolver. <laughs> and at the time, I, Scott Weiland from Velvet Revolver. No, Scott yes. Wilde oh. and Steve Peacock had played in a band with Bob Mahoney and Brendan McGuire, who both went on to play in Reach the Sky, who we oh, covered we did. fucking 30 episodes ago. A long uh, time ago. And Bane. So, of like, course they did. And of course they did, yeah. Um, <laughs> he said, we were then introdu- introduced to Andy Vickery to play drums, and the rest is history. Uh, also, Ben Flowers, who also played guitar, came on board uh, in about 2001 because I was playing uh, in the band Panic. Uh, on bridge nine so like they they brought him in because they were both like he was busy with panic um i still haven't listened to panic except for that one song that we listened to on that compilation uh-huh. uh but i've i when i was looking up this band i just kept seeing like like it's like embrace today featuring former members of panic like that was like the big selling selling mm-hmm. point i guess even though they as far as i know sound nothing alike um he said that they existed from 1998 to 2005-ish. Uh, and I was like, well, why why did you break up? And he said, to be honest, it just ran its course. We were living in different parts of the country. We were tired of nonstop touring for seven years. You know, yep. same old, same old. I think that's a that's a line I've been fed of quite a few times. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, you don't believe just, it? No, no, no. I believe it. I'm just saying that it's just like that. that's what we hear a lot. That's what happens. It's just like, yeah, no, we toured. A lot, and we got fucking tired of it, and we're done. <laughs> I just feel like, I mean, you know, like everybody, do your own thing with your band, but like, that's something that, that that's kind of like where we're different, I guess. Like, we, a long time ago, we were like, you know, bands break up when things change, but I don't think that's necessary. Like, a, Yeah, no, I just, mean, like... Just take a step back, take a break, whatever, you know, let your band change with your life, but... Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a definitely a different strategy because uh, they did reform. So uh. they reformed in 2019. They opened for that band Morning Again. They did like a... a but like... Yep. So like... Also, since that episode aired, episode 24, where we talked about them, I found their Instagram. Mm. They've been like 
active because of that uh, morning again show. And so right. like it's constantly just post like, okay. For those of you who don't know, uh, this band is a straight edge band. Yes. Uh, they're very um, in your face about it. And I, that's not, I'm not making fun of them They're That's self-admitted. Like they're like, this is what we do. This is what we are. Right. Um, so like, Wow, what what was my point? What was I saying? <laughs> Jesus uh, they Christ. were a band. They ran its oh, course. I, I, I they got, got it. Back I got together. it. They're on Instagram. <laughs> yes, yes. Sorry. So all their posts on Instagram are like, there's a lot of just like, fuck you. I'm still Edge. All this nice many many years later, and I'm just like, hey man, good for you guys. <laughs> like, yeah. like that. Hey, I mean, a lot of people aren't. So you stuck. You stuck with it, I guess. Uh, that's cool. Um, but yeah, they're just like very like active on Instagram with that sort of like, we're still here. We're still a straight edge band, you know, da, 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 da. That's their thing, man. Yeah, that's their thing. And that's cool. Um, I was, I'm always curious, always curious how, how the bands get on death wish. Uh, Uh, and, and Scott had a pretty funny answer to that. Uh, he just, he said, we basically wore down Trey. (laughs) (laughs) He went on to elaborate a little bit, but he's like, he and Jake are amazing dudes, and I bet they had a soft spot for a militant straight-edge band. I'm kidding, but not really. <laughs> he said, we were never a band that they would get rich off of, but our message was uh, still the same as it was back then. Fuck sellouts. <laughs> and then he goes on, he just says, the experience was awesome. They are world-class dudes. And once again, we hear that all the time. Like, mm-hmm. Jake, Jake and Trey, just like, positive fucking. Although, I wonder if anyone had a bad experience, if they would tell me. Well, you are some, you're a random dude on the internet, so maybe not. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, that's like, not have, that like, in- we have to get, uh, famous before they'll drop the T. Before we'll get the, the true unauthorized biography. Yes. yes. We have to get, um, <laughs> we have to get to at least 75 episodes. Okay. We'll get there. Yeah. When we get there, then, then, then. they will, then they will tell us. That they like Jake and Trey. That, yeah, that they did, in fact, enjoy their time on Death um, So the band, like I said, they reformed in 2019. And so I asked if they had any plans to put out any new, new music. Because a lot of times, you know, older hardcore bands will put out a new, e- a new EP because they want to keep touring and stuff. And mm-hmm. he said, we have talked about putting out a new 7-inch. Um, and hell, maybe we can convince Deathwish to put it out. <laughs> and I was like, Maybe. Yeah, I mean, shit. Like they—they yeah. they obviously had a soft spot for your band back in the day. They put out two LPs. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I was wondering if, like, you said they got back together to play that show with Morning Again, like Morning mm-hmm. After, Morning Again, Morning Again, Morning Again. Um, but I didn't know if it was like a reformation of the band or if it was just a reunion show. So I think I think it was a reformation, though. Especially talking about this new seven inch show. Like, you know, they're on, they're active on yeah. Instagram again. I feel like they're they're a band again, but you know, that was a gotcha. couple years ago. Is it the so, same people? As far as I know, I know that um, at least the guitarist who are talking here, uh, Scott, mm-hmm. and the vocalist, uh, uh, Steve, Steve are the the same. But I I think everyone else is as well. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So let's. Uh, oh, last thing I, w- I wanted to say. Um, well, no, let's talk about the record a little bit. This is what I'm talking. This is what I want to say. Uh, the CD of this record was put out by Deathwish. Like I thought that was a really weird thing because death wish for their first LP only put out an LP. Right. And not a CD, but this record, they put CD out only and no LP. Did, I don't know. Did, like, any, did anyone else put the LP out? Yeah. So someone else did put the LP yeah. out, but it was a German label uh, called demons run amok. 
Interesting. Um, but like that label has done European pressings for stuff like Terror and Culture and Chromax. Like they've yeah. worked with a bunch of bands. I mean, the, like, ban- the band might have just wanted to do that. Like they might have just wanted to be like, let's, let's fucking go with an international thing. I mean, absolutely. I mean, you're going to get your shit in front of more people, especially if it's a European label. I mean, mm-hmm. potential like different people, I should say. Maybe yes. not more people. Yes. Yeah, I thought that was a really just a weird thing. But yeah, all right. Well, let's get into the record a little bit. Uh, what? Twelve songs. I don't 30 know. It's a, minutes. It's a bunch. <laughs> it's it's. I think it's twelve songs. About thirty minutes. Uh, it it feels like thirty minutes. Yeah, it's not fast. Um, this band, I I remembered from the first record when I was listening to this record, I was like, I wish this band did EPs. Like, I I yeah. I mean, I don't hate you know, I don't hate it at all, but I do find myself checking to see what song I'm on. To see how many more songs there are. Mm, yeah, it does drag a little bit. Um, I, so, I think that has to do like not only with like just the 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 length of the songs, but like the style. Like they're slower songs. I mean, they mm-hmm. have fast breaks. They, they you know they are a, a hardcore band, roughly. And so mm-hmm. it's like, but like a lot of the songs are slower songs, and so they're slow and they're long. So it really does push the record to a long length long feeling length i should say because 30 minutes ultimately is not like the end of the world you know what i mean like right but in hardcore standards it's a fucking long record mm-hmm. <laughs> um so i trying i've been trying to remember what band we were talking about that so maybe you can help me jeff so this band uh they're metalcore they're uh-huh. like a metalcore band but like they have a lot of this especially this record has this like melodicness to it uh-huh. that reminds me of kill switch engage and i know i've said that about a band on this podcast before and i cannot remember who it is maybe most precious that, blood no i think it's that band from sweden oh nine interesting yeah i just couldn't remember but like yeah there are moments uh especially so track two demonized uh i i it has just this kill switch engage type like intro melodic riff but then mm-hmm. it starts going into this like galloping azalea dying-esque riff yeah honestly this record surprised me in that way because i remembered this band being more like beat downy not beat down but like just more breakdowns uh, yeah, and it, not that they're not in the record, but no, yeah, I think that this record is uh, a step f- towards that type of metalcore for this band. Yeah, um, yeah, I think it is. Yeah, it's like it's it's like they they started bringing in a lot more um, melodic elements into it, which is like <laughs> I don't know. It just like it 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 surprised me because of like you know, reading like the interviews with the band and like reading Scott's answers to, to the questions and like the imagery and the, the, you know, all that stuff associated with it. And then it's got these like melodic parts. And I was just like, I was kind of just not expecting that. Yeah. There's definitely like prettier parts uh, in there. Uh, and I think that isn't there. Uh, what song is it? I think there's like a lady singing. Mm-hmm. On one yeah, of so them? that's that's track nine. That's diamonds are forever. Yeah, diamonds are um, forever. That shit. Yeah, it, ha- it has like a lady singing and like acoustic guitar, like mm-hmm. kind of throughout the whole song. Like it's honestly, that to me that feel that song feels like an like uh like and it not an attempt to be like this is our big single, but more just like we want to write a song that could potentially end up on like that headbangers ball right. sort of 
vibe. You know what I mean? I don't know if it did or not. I just like it has like um, a lot more melodicness to it and stuff like that. So I was I went back and listened to our episode on their first record, uh, Soldiers. And I definitely make a point in a, at one point where um, I don't remember what, you know, we're talking about lyrics and I was like, um, we're talking about straight edge, like militant yeah. straight edge bands and how like, uh, you know, the whole idea of like, fuck you, I'm edge. I'll break these chains edge right. till death is, is kind of boring to me. And then I listened to this record and on this record, the singer uses the lyric, break these chains. And I was like, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I, I tried to look up the lyrics, but I couldn't really find them. I, I, I struggle like picking out like actual, uh -huh. but like, I wondered if they did were you, continuing the lyrical, the did lyrical. You, did thread. you go to spirit of the metal.com? I, no, I didn't. I fucked up. Did you go to Encyclopedia Metallium? I did go there. They were not listed. Yeah. <laughs> I did actually not, like go not, there. Not uh, true cult enough to be. They're on... not metal enough for the metal club. Nope, not metal enough for the metal club. I don't know what that <laughs> reference is. If you're making one, it's a, it's a, it's a master of disguise reference. Oh no, wow. nope. All right, that's fine. That's nope. fine, Jeff. I only saw Jeff. commercials for that movie on TNT, uh, mm -hmm. and. I fucking hate the way that that guy says turtle. And so that's the, that's the reference that I'm making. Cause he says, I'm, am I not turtly enough for the turtle club? Oh, I hate that. <laughs> I fucking hate it. It's the same oh, reason fuck. I don't watch Seinfeld. I hate that fucking bass thing. <laughs> what I love about that is like, it's actually a keyboard. Blue, do, uh, do, do, do. Yeah. He's like, it. he's like hate playing it. keyboard. Hate instead hate of... Stupid. <laughs> that's a bad show. It's a bad show because of that. I was gonna say that's that's not true, but all right. No, nope, no, nope, it <laughs> is. It is true. Okay, Jeff. Okay, Bad Jeff. show because of the scene change music. <laughs> well, speaking of scene change music, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> the record, um, it kind of just starts off the the song "Sing Me a Lullaby." It's just like there's no intro. There's no. It just fucking goes yeah which i can appreciate i yep. can appreciate that man that's fun like machinist has done that like that's yep. like i get it uh you know but like this song kind of exemplifies kind of my feelings on the band in general i was like the fast sections are the best parts they're the parts i like the most they're the parts that are like i'm like yeah I'm like bobbing my head and i'm like yeah this is really cool it's like kind of like fast and and good and then like um you know the the near end breakdown is is interesting because it has more melody than I expected, and but then yeah. it goes kind of into that more traditional metalcore breakdown of just like chugging and stuff like that. Yeah, which I do, definitely like. They do this they thing do where it's lot. like a breakdown after a breakdown. And yeah, I'm, they do. Uh, it's long for me, man. Like I'm just like I don't need I don't need this I don't need the second one. Which obviously, like you know, whatever it's your band, but like instead of it, instead of as a 35 year old man, instead of being excited about the breakdown after the breakdown i'm more like i'm closer to dying than i've ever been you are <laughs> like a... you are wasting my time embrace today the breakdown after the breakdown sounds like a barrier dead song title oh god <laughs> or something like that <laughs> or like a weird indie movie about mental health and your car breaking down on a road mm -hmm. trip yep absolutely <laughs> um i also wanted to talk about how like 
the uh you you wanted to talk about the new mortal Kombat trailer because i wanted to talk about that too not yet we're holding off we're holding off that till the end funny that we both wanted to talk about that that is that is wow you read my mind (laughs) Uh, no i wanted to talk about track two demonized um it has that like i said it has that i hold on we'll get to the mortal Kombat. okay um but there's this uh, riff near the end this this melodic riff it reminds me of a lot of uh, melodic hardcore bands from the early 2010s uh stuff like i know you never listened to them but like stuff like counterparts um but a band that you would know and you might know what i mean by this uh, uh our friend's band wanderer i'm not friends wanderer? with any of those people well you know who i'm talking about <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> yeah yeah i know, what uh, you, I know like what that, that kind of melodic hardcore like like it's just like i don't know there's like a particular guitar tone that's associated with that stuff and like it just this record just feels like in a weird spot it's like it has all these melodic metalcore aspects uh-huh. that remind me of you know mid 2000s shit like that but then it has like these more deathwish hardcore elements that it just feels like a weird mishmash. And it's like, I, I like that the band was like trying to grow and trying to push themselves and do new things. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not downing on that. It's just like, it doesn't quite do it for me here. Right. Um, you know, and it, it's not helped by the production. The production's fine. Um, I wish there was more bass presence. It's like, you can't really fucking hear yeah, it. It's not um, there really. There's not a lot yeah, of like, bass. I actually have a note on on uh, track four, which is uh, Art V the Murder. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, you can finally hear the bass here. It sounds really good. And then it just disappears. Like it's mm-hmm. like it's like only bass for like two seconds and then it's gone. And it's just like the song moves on and you can't hear the bass anymore. Um, it's, so it's just like, I don't know, man. It's just like, I feel like maybe their next record would have like, they would have been a little bit more comfortable in this kind of like style that they were trying for like a melodic hardcore band or melodic, yeah, like metal, a mel- melodic metalcore band exactly and it's like i know that they were still trying to keep a foot in that like oppressively heavy metalcore world with like this melodicness and i know bands do that and they absolutely do it well it's just like i think that like I just they they needed a little to like workshop it a little bit more and when did they when it was 2004 2005 yeah it's too early yeah it's too early. exactly like it's too early it's like this shit really hit the str- like it's stride and like a, oh, l- nine, a couple years later ten, yeah a couple, yeah. couple years later so it's like man I, I i don't know i just feel like if they had gone on to do another record it you know it would have done out, some shit would have come out on rise exactly or yes, victory exactly. victory or yeah it's like i i feel like they really they could have they could have done it kind of like a Mo- most precious blood where they went and moved on to like the different other yeah probably rise victory victory was losing its heyday by that point but yeah rise late 2000s definitely yeah. they could have they could have maybe that new seven inch will come out on rise rise is still a thing i, I don't mean know. seven seconds put one out <laughs> that's true <laughs> who else um, they signed somebody else crazy was it hot water music they signed hot somebody water music yeah, yeah it's fucking rise weird. is a wild weird wild man. thing nowadays don't give a um, shit no uh the last note like I wanted to say... The Acacia Strain is on Rise Records? Fucking... But, but the Acacia Strain is also on Closed Casket Activities? Yeah. They, put, so they like, put a record out on Rise anyway. Yeah, it's just like... It's crazy. Uh, the last the last couple notes I wanted to say is... um, That one song that had the acoustic guitar... Uh, uh, was that? Uh, Diamonds Are Forever. They brought back 
the acoustic guitar in their in the title track, the last song, "We Are the Enemy." Uh-huh. Um, it's it just has this like weird super. I don't know if you remember this this super sudden transition into this like soft acoustic stuff. Again, it's like they were really trying to like do new shit and like try new things with their sound. It's just like they didn't just they didn't quite hit it. I feel like the writing um, might have been rushed too. They might have been up against a um, deadline. Timeline. Yeah, yeah. Could yeah, could possibly have been. You know, like they were touring constantly, so they could have been like, okay, well, we have this this time scheduled out to record, so we need to have the fucking songs done by then. Right. Da 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 da. And actually, speaking of recording, I wanted to mention uh, their first record when, was recorded by Kurt Ballou, uh, but this record was not. And interesting. I, yeah, and I thought that was weird. Is like normally you go the other way. You like yeah. don't record with Kurt, and then you only record with Kurt. Right. Yeah, this was recorded um, at Q Division Studios by uh, Michael Poorman, who worked on uh, some Seventh Star stuff, some Converge stuff, and uh, Hot Rod Circuit stuff. And it's just like, yeah. So it was just like a, I don't know. This is like an interesting choice. Maybe they was like a friend or something. I get it. Like you just want to work with like someone you know. But it, it was. They went from working with Kurt to not working with Kurt, and that's that's a little weird. <laughs> um, oh, the artwork. I wanted to mention the artwork. Um, Same color palette as the first record. Yeah, that kind of like... Um, fire. Fire, but it's like that dark red mixed with the... Yeah, it, it's very uh, I think fire. It's, I think the correct term is burnt orange. Yes, burnt orange, absolutely. It's that same color palette with... Uh, this kind of splatter effect is Jake, Jake handled actually Scott has a quote here. I wanted to read, um, Jake handled the artwork because he's the best in the business. I know that his name is Scott Peacock, but in the notes, it just says SP. And I just read Scott Pilgrim every time. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> yeah. Scott Pilgrim says, uh, Jake. The artwork. Right. No, but it's, um, what is that? Uh, uh, it's like an Eagle. Is that, I think that that is not an Eagle. Uh, it's that that thing looks real familiar to me it's got like, it was so it's got wings but it's got a beak maybe, it's maybe got is it a griff a two griffin? heads it looks like a griffin kind of it might be a griffin yeah it's like a i just yeah it's like two-headed um yeah that fire imagery behind it you know embrace today and that like you can just imagine that like gold font on like a black shirt like gold foil yeah <laughs> embrace today font um on the internet i did find that some people were like talking shit about the logo saying doesn't that look like the entombed logo it, it does look like the entombed it does logo. look like the entombed logo but that doesn't mean that it's like bad no but it does <laughs> look, but it absolutely look it might be the same font they might be. they might have gotten entombed font off of the font <laughs> i wonder if the font was around back then mm-hmm. 2005 Maybe. by the way this is not our first 2005 record, but uh, according to Wikipedia, we are not going back to 2004 again. We nice. are in 2005 and beyond, starting with this record. <laughs> Fucking Death Wish and their shits all over the place. Right. Um. All right. Well, I mean, yeah, just like kind of like to wrap up my thoughts about this record. I it just like I said, I feel like this is an in-between record. This is a stepping stone record. Uh, and I, I think they could have potentially gotten there on a, on a, on another LP, but they got too burnt out with touring and they too, you know, and they right. just like decided to step back. And so maybe, you know, 20, it's 20 years later, but maybe that seven inch is like the, the thing, but also at the same time, it's like, maybe is it too late for that sound? You know, I don't know. Uh, but I think, like I said, as a whole, it, it's not a 
terrible record by any mean. I just it never it didn't it never quite hit with me. I like the first one a lot better. Yeah, I think I think the first one felt more um complete. Complete. Yeah, yeah. the idea was was more complete. Yeah. Yeah, I think ultimately like they tried a lot of stuff and they took a lot of chances on this record with their sound and it it doesn't like you said it doesn't hit home uh for me. But also, I'm listening to this record for the first time, fifteen years later, as a mid thirties uh, guy. So exactly, it probably would have affected me differently when it came out. Yeah, like I'm exactly. I time and place is always important when it comes to these things. But yeah, so that's uh, that'll be the last time we talk about embrace today. Um, thanks again, Scott, for answering those questions. Really, uh, really always appreciate that shit. Um, all right, well, let's move on to what have we been listening to uh if you don't mind jeff i'd like to go first sure uh i've had two records dominate this week for me the first one uh i shared with you and i wanted to talk about it because you you might also be on your list is a spice world by spice girls (laughs) yeah of course fuck i thought we were gonna say it at the same time all right ah fuck i'm sorry (laughs) uh no it's hospital bracelet it's a band called hospital bracelet it's fucking good yeah, they put out, uh, it came out this year. That record came out this year on Counterintuitive Records. It's like mm-hmm. a mix of like, it's a little bit emo. It's a little bit mathy. Um, but you made a really valid point. I hadn't even thought about that. The vocalist, um, they have like a, what What was the artist you said they kind of sounded like? Oh, I said that it sounds like a folk singer singing for like a rock band, but it also sounds like Alanis Morissette kind of. Alanis Morissette. That's what I mean. Like it had the. Which is fucking that, awesome like, for me. I yo, love Alanis it, Morissette. She's absolutely, I mean, we talked about it on previous episodes. I, I fucking, yeah. So like, and I, I think as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, that's why I love the vocals so much. I thought you were fixing to say, I fuck with Alanis Morissette. Oh, I, <laughs> I fuck, mean, I, do I fuck, fuck, I fuck I, with, I, I fuck with her. I, I fuck with her hard. I fuck, I fuck with her. No, um, but it's really, really cool stuff that, uh, the song, uh, happy birthday is my favorite. Cause it goes into this really cool, like shoegazy breakdown at the end of it. It's fucking awesome. I, I don't know. It, it, if you're looking for something in that, in that direction this is probably my favorite emo record ish of the last several months it's fucking amazing um and then on the other end of the spectrum i've been listening to this uh band called compassion uh compassion is a relatively new project they think they put this out and uh this demo out last year maybe maybe late 2019 it's like grind power violence nice um it's super super aggressive you can i think i don't think it's on spotify i think you can only find it on their band camp um but they call it a demo but it sounds better than a lot of eps that i know and like uh, i i sent it to our mutual friend jesse brady and uh he was like if this is what if they call this a demo i cannot wait for what they call a record because it fucking kills it's super super good high quality high quality writing but like just so fucking aggressive and i love it so much um i found out that it's members of a uh, uh, a regional justice center which mm. is that band i fucking love too so like that makes sense that's pretty cool and it was um uh mixed and mastered by uh the guy who mixed and mastered our, the uh last week's episodes wow i am stumbling all over myself we talked about So Be It last week on mm-hmm. last week's episode. Their record was mixed by Will Killingsworth. He mixed this record. Chill Will. Like, Chill Will. Old Chill Will mixed it. But yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. If you're looking for something new uh, and that's hyper aggressive, check out Compassion. Awesome. 
That's it. That's it. Uh, I've been listening to a bunch more stuff than you this week. Uh, I've been spinning Transgender Dysphoria Blues by Against Me. Um, it's a great record. Jeremy's a huge Against Me fan. It's your favorite band, right? It's, it's I mean, top five for sure. Um, I fucking love them. I love them too. I just always come back to that record, man. I just, I love it so much. Like, it's the first record where uh, after Laura Jane came out and transitioned or was transitioning and yeah. like the fucking i don't know just the i can feel every bit of the energy and the like aura of that existence that was happening like that you know her life mm -hmm. it all it comes out in that record no it, it absolutely does um so i've been listening to that i've also been listening to repeater by fugazi mm-hmm because I have been, I have also been we're listening gonna, to that. We're gonna do a <laughs> Patreon episode on it, and then uh, Save Yourself podcast has got a couple episodes. I'm behind on that. Those are friends of ours who are doing something similar. We've talked about them before, but they're doing it with the Face Down podcast. Um, so check them out. They've got some new episodes out. Uh, Chris Conde, rapper who I've talked about uh, uh, on this podcast. He uh, he's on Fake Four, which is Chesky Ramos's right label. Right. Um, he put a new single out called every day and it's real cool. Um, and then yesterday I, um, there's this band who started in Florida and then moved, relocated to New York, um, called, uh, bad luck. And we're super mm. old friends with those guys. Both of us, like our bands played a lot of, uh, they, they, some of those members were in a band called Von Wolf and that's how we first met them. But uh, we, you know, we've played a lot of shows with Von Wolf and then we continued to play a lot of shows with Bad Luck early on in their career. And uh, I kind of like lost touch with that band. Like um, they broke up for a while, too. Like they didn't exist yeah. for a while, but they put a record out in 2016 or 2014 called Cold Bones. And it was amazing. It was an amazing record. Um, but I guess last year they put an EP out called Drug Phase. And I just randomly was like, I wonder what Bad Luck's doing. And I was like, oh, they put a record out. I'll listen to it. It is fucking killer. <laughs> it is really, really good. Um, just, it's everything that I want from this band, which is like, they wear their influences on their sleeve so hard. Like, it's a big time, there's big time Bayside vibes. It's like, yeah. it's like pop punk rock and roll. I don't know if that makes sense. Like it's, it's like, <laughs> no, it makes, yeah, it's like pop punk, but it's not pop punk. It's like rock and roll with pop punk tendencies. Mm -hmm. And I love it. You should listen to it. Um, yeah. I mean, that cold bones record is amazing. I haven't heard this new record, but Dominic Fox's vocals, man, like sometimes he does so much with his voice and like, he's almost always like right at the edge of not being able to hit the notes, but he is hitting the notes um mm -hmm. he like takes it to the furthest extreme he can um and it's really good it's a good record and then uh yeah that's that's it. i mean you know the normal dad shit yeah, no. fr frozen soundtrack <laughs> my, i mean yeah I'm listening my, to my spotify wrap-up is always so fucked at the end of the year because <laughs> it's like uh, i use spotify to dj for my job and, and, and I'm a dad, so it's yeah. like, your most listened to songs, Post Malone and 
Uh, good night, Mo- baby. Moana. <laughs> yeah. Um, my, I was gonna say at work, I, I'm also listening to a lot of stuff at work, uh, like Megan the Stallion or Doja Cat or right. whoever. Like, so I hear that stuff all the time, but it's not necessarily <laughs> like, I, not that it's not worth talking about, but it's like I'm not putting it on. It's just stuff there. I'm hearing. Yeah. I am becoming. There's a Megan the Stallion song that sample is an Easy E song nice. that I actually really like. Uh, and I was like, oh shit, this is that Easy E song. And someone's like, what? Easy? And I was like, all right. They I mean, were I like, get they it. were like, who's Easy E? And I was like, I get it. I get it. It's older, but like, it's Easy E. I don't know. Anyways, well, cool. Um, so let's move on. You know what time it is? Time for some listener shit. Thanks, Drew. <laughs> it's so weird. I don't know. It worked last time. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've just got a, a a quick. I've got two quick things. Um. First off, we mentioned him earlier, Jesse Brady at Let's Rate Absolutely Everything on Instagram mm-hmm. uh, wanted me to tell you that he got blocked on Instagram by Dark Throne. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wrong again. <laughs> wrong again. Wow. But yeah, like he, said, he said the records are pretty good, but I think maybe because he was like tagging them a bunch or something like that. I don't know. He's or blocked by Dark pe- Throne. People can't. are offended by sevens, dude. They Which are, is bullshit. They are offended by sevens and eights. I know. It's stupid. Like, a five is an average record on his scale. That's but, what it is. But also, Dark Throne is responsible for, like, black metal. So, like, right, which he... So, like, they could do whatever they want. <laughs> like, you know, like, as far as, like, oh, no, they, they, they blocked me. Yeah, well, you were talking shit. Yeah, I guess they can do whatever they want. They're Dark Throne. Yeah, that's kind of <laughs> where it is. Yeah, like whatever. Um, and then I did have another another piece. It's not going to uh, stop him from rating it. They were just like, stop fucking talking at me. <laughs> uh, I, I like to think that they like did that from like inside a cave with like a <laughs> glass of blood in there. And he's just like, no, but he's like, Siri, block. <laughs> block, let's rate absolutely everything <laughs> it's not that at all he, it's like a dude it's like a dude in camouflage fatigues yeah like in his like bedroom on the on his phone and he's just like what is this oh oh but um what was that what was that black metal um documentary maybe it was until, until the light takes, takes us. us i don't remember what yeah. band it was what the band was the guy was from and you know black metal fans are gonna slam me for it but he's like drinking wine and they're like, what does black metal represent? And he's like, Satan. <laughs> what, what does that mean? Freedom. <laughs> I love honestly, that documentary is the thing that made me understand black metal. So yeah, like it's it's yeah. It's great. Look it is up it? on YouTube if you haven't. It's a fantastic little documentary. Yeah, it's good. Um, okay, so I got one more. I've got some too. Uh okay, cool. Uh Whitney P writes in. And says, what is your favorite local band from your area? Now, I didn't know if she meant um, like past, present, whatever. Uh, so I took it as present, but you can take it however you want. Um, currently in Gainesville, uh, well, I mean, with the pandemic, maybe messed a lot of this up. But there's a there's a good crop of fucking bands, man. And like, um, and I, so I was trying to think of my favorite local band, local Gainesville band. Might have to be this band called Super Twin. I think I've talked about them before. Um, they're an absolutely cool. This like fuzzed out, like 
it's not pop it's like pop rock but it's like super fuzzy and like aggressive tones but with like catchy singing kind of like how like i mean they they don't sound like torch at all but kind of like how torch combines like pop sensibilities with heavy music Mm -hmm. it's like that sort of thing it's like it's like pop sensibilities with like fuzz like fuzz soaked like rock uh it's they absolutely kill it they're a fantastic band um they're probably my favorite local band currently um but there are a ton of god there's so many fucking good ones but you can take it however you want if you want to say a past band or whatever yeah i'm trying to think uh trying to think about locally right now it's not a ton of bands well yeah i mean it's it's about Austin. even on a good day there's not a ton <laughs> um historically i think that some of my favorite bands from from here have been um there was a band called stupid fucking time vampires yeah they were always super fun fucking such a fun like they have a there's a split they put a split out with a band called farm from here and uh it's just so fun, man. It's like real dancey, but like gross punk rock too. I don't know. It's it's great. Uh, that band, and then our friend Kelby, uh, Kelby Clark had a very short-lived two-piece project called Death Nips that I fucking loved, and man. I was so sad that it didn't do anything. Like I think they put out like they put out like two songs and like a music video, and it was great. And then, and then that was it. That was it. <laughs> On to something else. And I was like, well, all right. But um, yeah. Yeah, I think I'll go with those two. Okay, that's cool. Well, thanks, Whitney, for writing in. Okay, so what do you got, Jeff? Um, These are actually left over from last week because I had so many. Okay, fuck uh, it. Hit so, me with them. Uh, Jonathan C says, do you have an opinion vision on where you think music is going, specifically the changing music industry and how artists get their music heard? where it's going um i think you're going to see continue to see uh spotify domination um but i think you're going to see a lot of people using uh i mean things like tiktok to get their music heard things like that because people are going to move away from i mean they already are uh facebook and shit onto other social media platforms yep and those social media platforms are sometimes weird like tiktok so you have to be creative and it's like but like the number the top 10 songs of last year in like general are all huge tiktok songs Mm -hmm. and now whether or not tiktok like caused them to be popular or the other way around it doesn't matter it's like i know i didn't hear a lot of this the i didn't hear i heard all those almost all those songs because of tiktok you know what i mean like that was my exposure not the radio not spotify so it's just like i think that sort of stuff is going to be a huge thing even for bands like us, like um, I know for a fact that um, uh, this band I really like called Pool Kids uh, has gotten a lot of shit on TikTok and that's how they get. You know what I mean? It's just like mm-hmm. bands being creative on different social media platforms besides straightforward ones like Facebook and Instagram, I think is really how it's going. Right. Yeah, I think that. Um, I think that this is a long question. Hold on. The changing music industry and how artists get their music heard. Where do I think music is going? Um, I think that we are, I think that TikTok, I think I said this last week. I think that TikTok is going to present us with a generation of immensely talented 
uh, video content creators and editors because we're editing because because kids are growing up with smartphones now. Mm -hmm. And so like they don't have to go to school to learn how to edit. They don't have to go to school to learn how to like, you know, they can go to college and do those things, but they're learning these skills from a very young age. And I think mm -hmm. that it's going to be like, I think that TikTok is going to create a generation of like a new, like Mickey Mouse Club on steroids. <laughs> right. You know, you know, like I think that like Billie Eilish is an example of that, mm -hmm. that type of thing where it's like super like Justin Bieber was an early outlier. Like, I mean, even you could even say like Michael Jackson, you know, was a child star. But I think that ch child's mu pop music stars are going to be in the next decade are going to be super popular again. Uh, yeah. be because of like them being starting out cute on sh short internet videos. Sure. Yeah. No, yeah. I can see. So it I think what sure. we're saying is TikTok is the future. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what we're saying. It definitely, at least over the next couple of years. It's, yeah. It's the, it's <laughs> yeah. the foreseeable short range yeah. future. All right. Patty Z says childhood crush question mark. It can be as weird as you're comfortable saying we all had cartoon character crushes, right? Hmm. I, I mean, Leia from Star Wars, mm. Han Solo from Star Wars. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. I mean, I I didn't really grow up with um, like cable or anything, so I didn't watch a lot of cartoons growing up. Mm -hmm. Ooh, Kimberly from Power Rangers. That's mm. the one. Kimberly from Power Rangers. Pink Ranger. Yep, that's that's the one. Um, I don't. I can't think of like a like a cartoon character that I was like had a crush on, but I do remember a very specific thing and I still have this memory and I've literally never told anyone this. So get ready world. Here we go. Um, do you remember the movie jungle to jungle? Yeah. With Tim Allen yes. and JTT. Is it him? Isn't that the kid? I think I, it's Jonathan Taylor Thomas. I don't think it is. All right. Anyways, anyway, the kid, you know, the premise is that like, Tim Allen at some point was in the jungle, uh, in a jungle somewhere and met a tribal lady and they had a tryst or they were in love or something. Anyway, they had sex and they had a child, but he didn't know about it. And then he goes back to like corporate America. And then like 15 years later, this kid shows up and it's, That's a, right. it's, like, That's a, it's right. like, it's like a fish out of water story, you know, like the you know he's from the it's like tarzan basically like he doesn't know it how is to, not it is not jtt you're good, good call um but i had never seen that movie but i had seen the previews for it and com <laughs> and commercials for it uh -huh. on tv commercials were these things that happened between <laughs> all right um, it's like the five second commercials but, on youtube but there's longer but there's this shot where they're on like a carport or something and it's the kid from the, yeah. his, his son and a girl with her back turned right and she hugs him she walks away from the camera and hugs him and he hugs her and like looks he's like looking over her shoulder so he's looking at the camera but it's, it's not like a breaking the fourth wall right and his face is just like oh shit you know like right and as a child i was like I want that to happen to me. <laughs> I want that. I want that experience as like a, mm -hmm. like a 12 year old or 13 year old boy. I was just like, I want some, somebody to make me feel like that. 
<laughs> so you had a crush on this girl whose face you're not even seeing. <laughs> I, it wasn't even her. It was a crush on the idea of the idea some, of that, someone that. fucking hugging me and making me feel like that. Yeah. You're like, all right, I'm into that. Yeah. It was weird. Well, all right. So there. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. One more. Uh, C Mason run writes in and says, since y'all have been in the game a long time, with the changing direction of the music industry building fan base through streaming platforms and social media posts, how has that impacted the touring independent and smaller label artists' ability to spread their music to the masses? I think that it has exponentially increased the ability to spread your music. But at the same time, it has opened the floodgates and saturated the world because everybody can get it out there and put it out there. So I think it's yeah, good. I mean, I kind of, I mean, ditto basically like it, essentially it's like, yeah, I mean, we created a pandemic ban and I put it out myself on mm -hmm. Spotify. You know yep. what I mean? Like, yep. But like at the same time, a thousand people created pandemic bands and did the same thing, a million people, whatever. So it's like, it can get lost in the shuffle. Yep. But I think if you're, if you do it and you are doing it, you know, because you're passionate about it and you're putting in the work to like tour on it and stuff like that, like you'll get heard. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And it's, so it's like, I think that it's a positive overall. Um, I, I do too. I doesn't, it hasn't really changed the game for us as far as like our touring plans or our touring, like, no. um, you know, blueprint or footprint or whatever, but like it, it hasn't changed that, but it has like, you know, I will say it's given me another thing to goddamn worry about, uh, right. <laughs> you know, to fucking check and look at, but, yeah. but, um, I think that it's, uh, I don't even know that Spotify is like helping us get heard. It's just making it easy for people who want to listen to us, listen to us. Does that make sense? Yeah. In the same sense that like, we're not being pushed on Spotify. Right. But it is there. So it is more convenient. Right. Uh, you know, they, it can help people get heard. Mm -hmm. it, it has not helped us get heard. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, like uh when when our new record comes out if it ends up on a playlist that's but like who knows if it will you know what i mean like yeah i don't know it's all i definitely i definitely got an email saying that it was like hey it's scheduled you need to send it to these people from spotify and i was like, like right. yes, yes i do all right I, I will do that all right give um, me their pager numbers <laughs> let me beep them i'll beep them uh, thanks everyone I'll for put, writing I'll in. Put, I'll put nine one one at the end of it so they think it's an emergency. <gasps> oh my god! <laughs> uh, this is the life we live, in. children. This is yeah. what we did. A <laughs> little bit of gold in a pager, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, hey, we got a Patreon. I'm not going to say really much about it, except that very soon we're going to have two new episodes. Uh, one covering Master of Puppets by Metallica, and one covering Repeater by Fugazi, as you mentioned earlier. That's right. Uh, Five bucks gets you access to those. That'll be happening very soon. Those and Pro all of the previous month's episodes. Yep, that's right. Um, but yeah, we're probably recording those like next week. So mm -hmm. they'll be up hopefully soon. Uh, next episode. This is one I've been looking forward to for a while because we've been on like a kick of like 
don't know this band or haven't heard this record. Uh, I know this band and have heard this record. Uh, this is we're gonna be covering Killing the Dream with their EP. I rewrote it. No clue. Cool. I'm excited about it because I think it's pretty cool. Like they Killing the Dream put out a couple releases through Deathwish. So mm-hmm. it's like this is uh, obviously the first one, but it's like they do a couple of LPs and stuff that I've always really enjoyed. So nice. we're going to be covering, like I said, Killing the Dream next episode. But hey, guys. Please subscribe and review the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, all that shit. I don't know if you can review on Spotify, but you know what I'm saying. Please share the podcast around. Uh, It fucking helps. Enough of this bullshit. Let's talk about Mortal Kombat. Okay, here we go. Dude, this trailer. Tell me what you think. It looks pretty fucking cool. It it seems they're taking a lot of cues from those new games. Have you Uh played any of those? Yeah, I played played 10. I think I played the first first of that new. Yeah, it's like that kind of feel. Mm -hmm. So it's like cool. And I'm I'm excited about it because like those new games are pretty fucking good. I'm just so fucking here for a goddamn rated R fucking Mortal Kombat movie. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like, it's it's just like. In the trailer, they're showing just the craziest shit. Dude, like but, Jax gets his arms froze off and shit. But, but like, also, this is what I want. I mean, the first the first Mortal Kombat movie is great. It's, it's fun. It's, it's fun. fun. Yeah. It's fun. It's nostalgic. But those games, the first Mortal Kombat game was it was such a huge deal because it was this blood code and there was gore and you could do fatalities and like, th- I feel like that simple essence is what we have always we being the mortal Kombat fan base because i'm more of a fan base of the the visual media than the games like i i love the first and second game but after that i didn't really play a lot um like on sega genesis like i played one and two but then i watched the cartoon on usa uh guardians of the realm i think it was called mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh first movie i watch religiously i still watch it if i get a chance to watch it second movie's fucking terrible mortal Kombat yeah, annihilation awful. is fucking awful but awful, awful, awful. but i have i actually haven't seen the show the internet show that happened a couple years ago uh it like, wasn't i don't think that was technically official no so. it wasn't it was um yeah anyway uh but dude this fucking this trailer like it's got so many people, but not in the way that Annihilation did it. Like, it's just introducing, like, all of these characters to fight in this fucking tournament. Yeah. Like, yeah. Go- fucking Goro is in that trailer. Yep. <laughs> Liu Kang <laughs> is there, obviously, but fucking Kung Lao is there. Also, what's uh, what's uh, the bad guy in that first Mortal Kombat movie? Shang Tsung. Um, he's in it yes but um like they're show they're showing us all these crazy fatality shits like all this gore shit fucking sub-zero looks amazing scorpion looks amazing frozen blood yes that looked cool as shit like it was it looks great both the both those guys look amazing scorpion goddamn says get over here like (laughs) And he doesn't oh. have the, the weird thing come out of his hand. It's no, like a chain that he like. It's an actual weapon. Yeah. Um, um, I will say that I'm super stoked that I have HBO Max and I can watch it. I'm fixing. <laughs> I'm fi- it comes I'm, out. I told Christy today, I was like, I'm fixing to fucking look you at our, I'm Matrix fixing, 4 coming out. I'm fixing, to look at our, I'm fixing to look at our budget and get rid of some other shit and <laughs> subscribe to fucking HBO Max because, dude, this. Oof. I right. haven't been this excited about a movie. 
in quite a, a while. Time. It's been quite a while. I was super excited about the Hellboy remake, and then that was goddamn was awful. Awful. That's not great. Yeah. Right. Not great. All right. Hey, you can follow us, or you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Iron Raygun. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Carbomb Sermon. Send me, follow- send me fucking sick ass Mortal Kombat stuff. Send it to me. Yes, please do. Uh, and you can follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook at Death Death Scography Pod. You can follow us on Twitter at Death Scography or email us at deathscographypod at gmail.com. Uh, once again, thanks everyone for listening. If you stuck around past the Mortal Kombat talk, really appreciate it. Yeah, man, I just... I'm just really excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. <laughs>